Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to another episode of RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by BigTeam.com. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, joined by an ever-changing group of people, but the usual cast, as always, just Clark Barnes and man, the myth, the legend, Ginger Nick. Guys, how are we doing tonight? Doing great. The more things change, the more they stay the same. I think that was Depeche Mode. I do feel like I've heard that before, and it makes perfect sense. Yeah. Yep. Yep, about the same. Um, cool beans. How uh, how's your guys' days been? Anything anything crazy happened to you guys? You know, work has been kicking my ass, but I am heading to Washington tomorrow. So Woo! very exciting. That's You're right. not stopping to say hi to me though. Uh, yeah, well, you know, at some point <laughs> when we make it big, you guys, and uh, and we have an entity to cover all of our bills, we'll travel and we'll have a meetup somewhere in this country. The four of us will all get together and maybe we'll go, maybe we'll go see a game or, or do something fun or just get wildly intoxicated. Who says no? That sounds nice, Pete. Not uh, me. That sounds great. Yeah. Yeah. No, it sounds excellent. Uh, yes, that is true. We got to pull off, referring back to what Clark was saying, pulling off the uh, curtain on the piano. Next week is going to be real spicy, talking about big changes staying the same. Both Clark and Jordan will not be joining us next week, so it'll just be Nick and myself, and then maybe I'll be able to rope in some other hombres to come on and talk uh, talk fantasy football, but it's going to be a whole week without hearing Clark or Jordan in your ear holes. That's going to be tough. Yeah, I keep thinking maybe promise a spot from the road on assignment, but then I like I love to drink and eat while I'm on vacation, so <laughs> that's probably not going to work out. Yeah, you know, or we just have a new segment. Drunk Clark says what, and we just I think we call that Clark season Clark. one. <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Uh, I'm better. I hope you guys notice. You do. You're so, doing great, Clark. Yeah, you're doing great. Keep up the good work. Uh, as I drink my just neat bourbon. Well, tonight I'm having a fine 1893 Texas bourbon. It said, uh, come and take it on the bottle. So got me. You went and took it. And uh, Nick is drinking kombucha. No, that's that's my Nalgene. And it's got a sticker of me that my little brother made. That Dude, that's really good. (laughs) When did you have a mustache like that? And why have you not permanently decided that? (laughs) Uh, That was, uh, man, that was like six months ago. Um, I actually that was at that was from a a Stranger Things party. Very nice. Yeah, Nick. I don't know if you want me to reveal your location, but I feel like we live in very similar parts of the country. The mustache is totally accepted, hundred yeah. percent. Not by my friends. Oh, that's well. well then you just got to get new friends. <laughs> uh, yeah, Clearly, no, the mustache. If you can rock it, <laughs> as you can see, I am slowly letting mine develop again. 
Um, if you can rock the stash, you rock the stash, especially <laughs> since that's the only facial hair I can grow. So <laughs> I ride with it till it kills me. Yeah, seven and a half years ago when I was starting my new job, I thought, F it, I'm going to shave my beard and have a mustache <laughs> because that's hilarious. So now, seven and a half years later, I have me without a shaved head clearly going bald with an absolute you should call the police mustache on my edge. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, that that's needs to so be broadcasted to the interwebs. That is an amazing photo. I have nothing that good. I will say, let me just right off the bat before I go down my little tangent. Nothing is that good. But uh, I, when I was living in California, I got a California ID. And then when I came back to Boston, I got a mass ID. And uh, since they already had me in the system, because I grew up here, they just were like, oh, ooh, excuse me, hit something over here. They were like, oh, like, do you just want to use the picture we have on file? And I was like, yeah, sure, whatever. I don't feel like taking a picture right now. So my ID photo is me as like, whatever it is, a sophomore in high school, clearly literally just rolled out of bed eight in the morning. My hair is like more or less in a white guy fro. And I look like I smoked like five different joints because I just have this like very high perplexed look on my face. Like I don't really process what's going on around me. It's a great, it's one of those, it's a, it's a conversation starter when I go to bars and they ask for my ID. They're always like, mm, really? Is this you? Really? What? Why did you uh, take your photo like this? And then I explain it and they're like, oh, that's, that's a cute story. You're cute. And I'm like, oh, stop. I'm married. Since we're doing ID stories, uh, <laughs> I moved to California for a little while and got a California license. And when they punched a hole in my Texas license, I had never wanted to punch a public works employee <laughs> so hard. I got really unreasonably upset. <laughs> Uh, like, why don't you just take it? You don't have to deface it and then hand it back with some kind of smug California smuggity. That is the most Californian thing to do. They're like, mm, you're a Californian now. You no longer from Texas. But then when I got my Texas ID and they punched a hole in the California license, I was like, yeah, take that. Like, this feels right. Take Tell it, Cali. <laughs> yeah, I just got a normal ID, like kind of a bad photo. Well, yeah. I I'm really photogenic. So. All mine are good. At some point when I'm bored, uh, which is often, I'm going to listen to all 70 whatever four episodes of this show that we have. And I'm going to con conglomerate all of Clark's uh, feelings about himself because it's going to be this beautiful masterpiece of Clark. You, I need to what I need to do is just caption the quote from last week's podcast, which was I only shower 12 minutes a day and I'm an Adonis. <laughs> Love that. I like to think that I'm a positive voice. Of this podcast. You are. You are. You're arguably the most positive. There's enough hate out there. Don't hate on yourself. No. There's no reason to. It's unacceptable. Unless uh, you're the Jags. Unless. <laughs> Guys, we might have what at least two people have been really waiting for tonight when we break down the Jags game. I'll just Ooh. tease it. Ooh. Wait. Oh, my gosh. I was going to have a whole drop for this, and I f***ed up. Damn it. All right, well, well, I can do it in post. All right, we're making a drop for this if this happens, if this is the man, the moment that we've all been waiting for. Uh, I also had in my notes, uh, Space Jam 2 has been announced. Uh, that was what I was going to open the whole show with, but then we got on this lovely conversation about facial hair, beards, and, and photo IDs. So I was like, man, let's let it ride. So Why? Why? Yeah, I'm kind of bummed. Oh, oh, interesting. Okay, these are interesting takes. Um, I'm just a hipster. Yeah, you are. That no, is... you just clearly have good taste. Like, why do we have to ruin everything that was great? Well, it's not ruining it. It's just it's, it's making... probably going to ruin it. You think? I mean, it's got it's got Ryan Cougar 
Coogler. Cougar. Ryan Cougar. Just, I don't just know who that movie. is, and you know that, Pete. I know. I He's I the director know. of Black Panther. He's producing it. So that's going to be, you know. Oh, I watched about 30 minutes of Black Panther. Uh, I'm glad Jordan's not here because didn't seem that great. <laughs> yeah, I didn't watch it. Oh, boy. All right. Well, we got to get this out before Jordan comes back. Yeah. It'll be so sad. <laughs> I'm glad. Uh, I'm glad we instead spent most of the opening of the podcast talking about mustaches and, and ID photos instead of Space Jam Two, since I thought everyone would be rejoicing over the fact that we're getting another Space Jam. But clearly, I am the thirty-three point three 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 percent here. Yeah, we're kind of monstering it. You should cut that out. Good oh. reference. No, that's in. That's in, Nick. You you're gonna have to live <laughs> with that reference for the rest of your life. Um. <clears throat> all right. For all of you people who came to actually listen to some football stuff, what up? I'm sure I promise we talk about it occasionally. Uh, there's no actual news really going on in the NFL. So I'd say let's just jump right into these games and let's give our let's give our start and sits for week three. Um, and let's start with the bottom of the iceberg, the worst of the worst, the games that everyone will turn their TV off rather than watch the games. I so lovingly call the shit shows. Um and I'll start us off with the Thursday night matchup, the Jets versus the Browns. Um, and in this game, let's see, who do I like to start? I'm going to start partially because he's on multiple of my teams and because I just think he could do well. Carlos Hyde. Uh, he's not wowing people with his stats. He's averaging 2.8 yards per carry on the ground despite. Um, but despite these bad numbers, uh, Hyde has still managed decent flex production thanks to scoring a touchdown in each of the games so far. The biggest thing that he has going for him, though, is his 40 touches total this season is tied with tied for sixth in the league. Um, so he's going to get his opportunities no matter what. And they're at home against the Jets. I like the Browns to win this game, uh, and I like Carlos Hyde to at least have a role in that. I just I have a hard time arguing against the level of opportunity that he's getting. Um, and even if his production has not been wowing, uh, either eventually it will or be you know, he gets 20 carries, grinds out 45, 50 yards and a touchdown. That's decent flex production. I'll take that. Uh, and then for sits, I am sitting Robbie Anderson, Quincy Nunwa, clearly Sam Darnold's guy. Uh, and against a pretty good Browns defense, I'm going to bet that Darnold is going to look to get the ball out of his hands quickly uh, and not sit in the pocket and wait for Miles Garrett to come around the corner and just rock him, uh, trying to throw balls deep to Anderson. Um, so... I could see Robbie Anderson not having as much value and not as much of a role uh, in this game. His role is also diminished just with the Nunwa thriving. Plus, if Anderson draws the Denzel Ward matchup, whoo, Denzel Ward looking pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. With all due disrespect, does anybody else have anything they want to talk about with this game? Like, no, it's in the okay. shit shows for a reason. I mean, and, I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I think, I, okay, I'm on the fence about this. I'm trying to decide if I want to start him. Anunwa, man, he's got like 21 targets. I think the next closest on the team is like 13 or something. You start at Nunwa. What are you? What are you? Just what are you uncertain about? Well, just I, I mean, my roster is pretty loaded, but um, <laughs> but I, like I kind of want him to be the start, like the the if the start of this game, and and I am nervous about Hyde's. What do you say? 2.8 yards per carry. Yeah, it's not great. Oof. Pretty 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 piss poor actually, but. Yeah. The fact that he's getting 40 t- – I mean, he's sixth in the league right now in terms of touches. So yeah, you're right. That's fair. The production – its opportunity is there. You know, eventually it'll hopefully lead to something. If not, like I, I, I have another person who I'll talk about later who's touchdown reliant but doesn't have the opportunity to back it up. 
Um, and so that's why I'm sitting that person as opposed to sitting Carlos Hyde. Hyde is getting you what you drafted. He's the last starter you have, and he's doing fine. Yep. And plus, I'm trying to pull a Clark here. And if I talk like a good game into existence, it'll happen. Yeah, that's science. It's yeah, it is. It's proven by science. Um, so I agree with Clark. That game's we've covered everything we need to cover about that game. So let's move on to another shit show. Uh, the Buffalo Bills going to Minnesota to take on the Vikings, who are coming off of a very disappointing tie. Oh, Nick, I can only assume that this game is just going to be a bloodbath. Yeah, I think it will be. Uh, and I think that Dalvin Cook is going to absolutely smash all projections uh, that are out there for him. I've got him as my RB5 in my rankings this week. Um, the, the big thing here is uh, what he's going to do through the air. Um, Melvin Gordon and Austin Eckler, they, they smashed for like 160 yards and three TDs. Um, Cook is being used in all facets of the game. Like he, he's, he's not just a grinder. He's actually got more, uh, receiving yards this year than he does rushing yards. He's got 107 receiving yards, 78, uh, rushing yards. The bum hammy is a concern. If, if he, you know, is not practicing Friday or something, then, then we automatically would, uh, replace him with Latavius Murray in this start sit, uh, dealio. Um, and Murray would probably i think he would be able to at least be a, a high-end rb2 um so anyway invest in in the the vikings ground game because i think that this it's yeah it's going to be bad um and then as far as sit goes just the bills I, I said this last week just don't start any of your bills um maybe if you're in full point ppr you'd consider marcus murphy um, cause I think he's gonna, he's the guy who's going to take over at running back in place of LaShawn McCoy. If McCoy can't go with his fractured ribs and he's got more allegations coming out. Uh, but the, the bills are tied for 25th in rushing and 30th in receiving the, uh, this, the Minnesota defense held green Bay to 351 total yards. And that includes going into overtime. It's, it's yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath. Don't start your bills. Hopefully you don't own any. Hopefully you do. Yeah, we have to, we have been pretty adamant on this podcast that if you own any bills, you should be dropping them like as Snoop Dogg once said, they are hot. Clark, did you get that reference? I'm was that Snoop Dogg? Yeah, it was Snoop Dogg and I Pharrell that was Williams. Like DMX. No, drop it like no, a tall. That was a bad song like by Snoop Dogg. Oh, uh, well, okay. Learn something new every day. Yeah, there you go. Uh, anything you want to add to this game, Clark? Should we just skip right on ahead? I think if you're desperate, Latavius Murray is a good play because I think the Vikings are going to so handily take this one. Agreed. I just want to point out, so far I'm two for two in picking shit show games. Um, moving and, on. And con- continuing on last week's correcting Pete. Yes. Macho, which I love. The the bottom of the iceberg is the biggest part, Pete. So it's true. I want to I want to work on that analogy. Yeah, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. Um, because I was gonna, because I was, I was like doing the opposite of the tip of the iceberg, which tends to be like the best, and sounds like the bottom. But that's a good point, Clark. You raise a good point. Let me brainstorm on that, and I'll get back to you with a better one later. But let's move on to the next game. And Clark alluded to it. Maybe this is it, you guys. Maybe this is the moment where Clark says something positive about the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, the Kibosh Tennessee Titans are taking on the Jaguars, who are coming off of a Super Bowl win against the New England Patriots, Clark. Is this the moment, or do you have something nice to say about a Jaguars player? Uh, so the Jags are looking really good. Oh my God. Beat the Pats, 
And you can't look past that. I know it's early season Patriots, and there's all kinds of narratives out there, but defense looks good. Blake Bortle looks semi-competent. <sighs> that might be the greatest compliment Blake Bortles will ever receive in his entire career. From Clark Barnes, he's semi-competent. So I'm trying a couple of new things out here. I'm going to call this a season maker game. Uh, So the Jags have looked good. Uh, You're going to start Keelan Cole. You're going to start whatever running back the Jags roll out there. And you might even start Blake Bortles here. I'm having a really hard time getting through this segment. Um, (laughs) For Tennessee. He's in visible agony. (laughs) This is why this is why when Jordan peeling back the uh, curtain on the piano, when Jordan said that he wasn't going to make the show, this was Tennessee Jacksonville was Jordan's game. And I immediately was like, all right, Clark's getting this game. This is happening. Let's just watch Clark like sit through trying to talk about the Jaguars and the Titans, the team that Clark hates, vehemently hates and has no faith in. And then the team that we as a podcast decided is so fantasy irrelevant that it's just not even worth discussing them. It's perfect. Yeah, so you start Theon Lewis, and that's really, really only if you have to or in PPR. And I misunderstood how we were calling games tonight. So, on brand. The Loch Ness Lock of the Week. Woo! Sponsored by the damn Loch Ness Monster. Damn Loch Ness! Jalen Ramsey gets a pick in this game. He's going to pick off either Blaine Gabbard or one-armed Marcus Mariota. And Keelan Cole goes over 100 yards and a touchdown. Again, lock it up. Lock Ness Monster. I like it. I also like the the branding, Clark. You are not only our most positive person on the podcast, but our expert, expert brander. The Lock Ness Monster of the Week. I'm I'm on board. I love it because Keelan Cole is on one of my teams. Anything else that needs to be said about this game? No, probably right. I I like it. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm on board. For the division, right. for real football, this is this is it. If the Jags blow out the Titans, they are the new class of the AFC South, which isn't the greatest compliment in the world, but they're they're winning the division again. If they if they blow out the Jack, if they blow out the Titans, they might even be the class of the AFC. Especially if the Patriots go into Detroit and look less than stellar like they still win it and we'll get to that game but if the Patriots look like they the Patriots make it through Detroit but don't blow the doors off of Detroit I would be I would be willing to well I guess the Kansas City teams are also in the AFC man that team if you want to be the king you got to kill the king yeah that's in the playoffs a little wire reference so when the Jags defeat the Patriots in the playoffs then I'll I'll crown them you'll crown them cool crown their ass uh all right, last game in the shit shows. The Chicago Bears going to Arizona to take on the Cardinals. Uh, my start for this game is Allen Robinson, uh, who technically will probably getting the Patrick Peterson uh, treatment. But uh, one thing that I really like going for him is the fact that the Bears have been moving him all over the formation. Uh, I think it's actually pretty like 30 uh, 30 splits, you know, whatever, one third, one third, one third, as to where he's been playing on the right, left, and in the slot. So they've been moving him all over the place, and he currently is accounting for 54% of the Bears' passing yards, uh, which only trails Julio Jones. So in my mind and in my book, he's a must-start for the rest of the season. He is going to be a focal point for their passing game. And once Mitchell Trubisky uh, starts learning to pass to his team as opposed to the opposing team, um, 
he's going to have some real serious fantasy value. As for my sit, I wrote about him today on Fake Teams. Uh, David Johnson is just not doing it for me this year so far after all of the praise that both Jordan and I heaped onto him. And it's a lot of it. We talked about this on Tuesday's podcast. It's not his fault, a lot of it, uh, until I see Mike McCoy use DJ correctly, which is like outside runs, getting him into space, having him run uh, routes out of the slot. Uh, I am going to be out on him. I'm going to kind of try to temper my expectations. And honestly, if there was a game for him to get back on track, it's not going to be against this Bears defense, which has looked la freaking jit to start this season. It's amazing what happens when you get a top five defensive player on your team all of a sudden. Nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. Let's move on from the shit shows then, and let's go on to the games that if you're bored, eh, sure, maybe I'll tune in. Uh, Nick, let's start with your Seattle Seahawks, who are hosting the Dallas Cowboys. I thought this was gonna the this was gonna lead off the uh, the shit show bowl. Or <laughs> I feel like I feel like it could be a possibly decent game. It's not gonna be. It's gonna it's be really not, bad. It's but it could terrible play calling, and it's yeah, it's awful. Like who, who, all right, quickly before you go, Nick, because you yeah. brought this up, who yeah. would you have bumped? Maybe we, maybe the Jets in Cleveland could have been an, if I'm bored game. Yes. Instead of a shit show. Yeah. I, if, yeah. Uh, Cause I mean, it's Thursday night. It's the only thing that's on. We're going to watch it. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. All right. So retros, in retrospect, Dallas, Seattle shit show game, Nick finishes, finish the shit shows then. Cool. Yeah. So, uh, for start, I, I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going Will Disley. He's third on the team in targets. Brandon Marshall's got 12. Ty Loggett's got 11. Uh, Disley's at 10. And he's piling up yardage, and he's got TDs in both games. Um, Evan Ingram scored in garbage time last week. There's probably going to be that in, in this game, too. Um, Dallas's D-line looks really good. They're going to – I mean, they at least looked really good last week. They're going to drop Russell Wilson a bunch. And, uh, yeah, we're going to be – throwing a lot late or running because that's what Pete Carroll wants to do. He wants to run the ball when you're down two touchdowns in the fourth quarter. He wants to run the ball. And if you audible, he will call a timeout and make you do a one yard run up the gut. He also likes loves running it on the goal line. (laughs) Moving on. Um, In the league where I accidentally uh, drafted six quarterbacks, I have Chris Carson. So Super stoked about that. Dude, I, feel that's, like, I feel like this is still something that needs to be mentioned every single podcast that Clark had a draft where he drafted six quarterbacks because <laughs> got drunk and forgot. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, okay. The Chris Carson thing, by the way, is the most frustrating BS ever. Pete Carroll is lying out his ass saying that, that Carson was tired from playing two snaps on special team. No, you put your ego in Rashad Penny and you put 16 pounds overweight rookie running back out there. It's so stupid. Boom. Roasted. He's a dinosaur, man. I'm over it. Uh, I defended him for a long time, but I've seen the light. Uh, okay. My sit, my sit is Russell Wilson. Dallas is number two in the league with nine sacks. It's looking like our center, Justin Britt is going to uh, miss the game. So Joey Hunt, who, Joey Hunt's going to be our starting center. He was promising coming out of college, has not been promising as a pro. Um, uh, 
Russ has one fumble loss in the season, but he also he almost lost another one just trying to create something last week. And that's definitely he's going to be running for his life against this Dallas line. He is, I think he was the sole uh, low floor, high ceiling quarterback in my QB one tier. His ceiling is always going to be high because the dude could rush for like 90 yards and a touchdown. But I see his floor as nothing this week. And there are a number of good streaming options. Go read the undervalued quarterbacks piece that I that a quarterbacks piece that I put out every week. Um, Bayteams.com, check that shit out. Bayteams.com. Yeah, there are a number of really good options. If you're desperate and you need a ton of points, then okay, I you know stick with Russell. But otherwise, go get someone who's going to probably finish with 18. I called Russell Wilson not being a top 12 last week or on two, uh, yeah last week. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, so I'll I will 100% be on board with you again this week. Cool. Uh, I unfortunately picked up and am going to start Andy Dalton over Russell Wilson this week. I love it. And kudos to Pete. Thank you. Bet well made. Thank you. Uh, It's tough that Jordan's not here to revel in the Andy Dalton glory that he is. He is, of all the hills that have recently been constructed, he has built his Andy Dalton hill the tallest and is looking down on all of us right now. Can I ask you, would you rather? Yes! Ah! the greatest would you game rather, on the internet. Awesome. Would you rather have rest of season? Would you rather have Andy Dalton or Jimmy Garoppolo? Ooh. Andy Dalton. Yeah. I think I would go Just Andy Dalton. Because of the schedule. Yeah. The Bengals schedule looks real nice and it looks really good around playoff time. I think yeah. that you have week 14 against the Broncos, which is a little scary. But there's a lot of smarter people than me that point out that Andy Dalton has really good what they call like unusual opponent record or something that when a when Andy Dalton plays you and you don't play him all the time he plays a lot better so like the Ravens have his number right but when you play the Broncos the Bengals never play the Broncos Andy Dalton has a good game interesting yeah and it's also just I mean if you look at if you compare Andy Dalton's supporting cast to Jimmy Garoppolo's supporting cast I mean I'll take AJ Green Joe Mixon Giovanni Bernard and uh uh Tyler What's his name? Not Eifert. Uh, Tyler uh, Boyd. Or, oh, Boyd, yeah. Um, over, I mean, I love Marquise Goodwin, but over anyone Jimmy G's got. Um, yeah, so there you go. Uh, moving on in the If I'm Boards, technically starting the If I'm Boards because Dallas Seattle was a shit show. Uh, Raiders versus the Dolphins. I am going to say start Kenyon Drake for this game. It's a tough call because Drake still hasn't outright won the Dolphins' backfield, but the Raiders' defense has been garbage against the run this year, giving up uh, 113 yards in Week 1 and 152 in Week 2. The Finns are at home, and I'll trust Drake and Gore, really, uh, to both get theirs uh, against this just trash, trash defense. If only they hadn't traded their uh, best defensive player. Uh, In terms of sits, Sit the Raiders veterans, which is Marshawn Lynch and Jordy Nelson. They're big names that people like to think could have uh, have stumbled back into fantasy relevance. Lynch, Lynch is the guy who I alluded to back when I was talking about Carlos Hyde. His fantasy production has been 100% tied to touchdowns, um, but he's not getting the touchdown the touches that Carlos Hyde is getting. And so I don't have faith that it, even if Marshawn Lynch doesn't get you a touchdown, that he's going to put up enough of – uh, kind of yardage in order to have some sort of fantasy value. And I don't really trust the whole team making a cross country trip uh, and being productive at all. As for Jordy, I'm going to pull a Nick here. Uh, Nick has already said that Amari Cooper doesn't belong on your team. I'm going to be a little less 
bold, I guess. And I'm going to just say that Jordy Nelson doesn't belong on your team. Uh, he's had 35 yards or less in 11 consecutive games get, dating back to last year. So I'll pass on that. That's interesting, man. Um, I, God, I think I want to, I think I want to go, uh, like Danny Amendola. He's got a great slot matchup this week for, for my start. As a start. Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm not against it. Cool. Um, <laughs> and yeah, <laughs> right on. Um, fully on board with the, uh, the, the anti Jordy Nelson, uh, business Marshawn. Yep. Uh, I think we're there too. Yeah. So I tried not to jump on the, let's all talk about how effing terrible the Raiders were going to be just because most of the time when everyone picks a game, that's the game where there's an upset, but nope. feel like the crowd nailed this one. Raiders don't look good. No, no. The Raiders look like hot garbage. And the Mark thing is getting out there living his best life in Denver. <laughs> yeah. Did you see Bruce Irvin at the end of that game? Oh my god, that that play went around the internet like a tidal storm, and I loved every second of it. Bruce, come back. Just Bruce, come back nothing. Bruce, nothing. John Gruden, come back. John Gruden. Let's. Hindsight is not fifty-fifty. By the way, twenty-twenty. <laughs> you damn dumbass. Super work, John. Uh, Mr. Gruden, if you'd like to come onto the pod and defend yourself, we would love to have you. <laughs> Bring it on, one, John. Been sticking up for you, yeah. and would love to hear your side of the story. Yep. Yep. Let's do it. Diane Sawyer uh, doesn't have shit on me, by the way. So, <laughs> uh, the next, if I'm bored, I'll turn it on game. Clark's Houston Texans host the New York Giants. Clark, you have already told us, told us on the Slack that if the Texans fail to win this game, you might just be done with them this season. How confident are you in that uh, they're going to pull this off? So, first, I don't. I don't like this categorization of yours where <laughs> my favorite team ends up in the dumpster like it should. You're in the if I'm bored. You upgraded. Last week you were in the shit shows and now you've upgraded. <sighs> I guess that's one that's, way That's improvement in progress. So this is a mediocre matchup. Talk about branding. Yeah. <laughs> uh, really you're only starting your stars here. Like if your name's not Odell Beckham or DeAndre Hopkins probably going to want to look away with one exception. Uh, Saquon Barkley was targeted 16 times against Damn. the Cowboys. Uh, by the way, missed that game Sunday night. Watched it before the pod. Wouldn't say that I missed it. What a <laughs> flaming pile of not great football. Uh, so the, the Texans have a really hard time covering people across the middle. So I think Saquon and Evan Ingram are like, okay, starts. Uh, and my John Locke Two treatises of government lock oh. of the week. Oh, he's got two Odell locks Beckham. this week. Odell Beckham puts up 25 plus standard scoring points. That's 130 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, so, of course, you're starting Odell Beckham, but this is more of a DFS pick of the Texans just do not have the talent to hang with Odell Beckham. Uh, both of these offensive lines are horrible. And if neither defense can get home, that's going to kind of condemn, I think, both of these teams' seasons. But this is the week where find a way to get Odell into your DFS lineup. I just like that Clark has fully embraced this locking of the week. Not only is he doubling down this week with two different ones, but is also, again, expertly branded both of them. Well done. Yeah, he's making his look bad. Yeah, really bad. I agree with your picks, Clark. Uh, I... 
I want to put on, uh, in there that I think Fuller is going deep for one or two scores today. That was my question. I was going to ask yeah. Clark that because he's yeah. on he's on my bench right now, and I was wondering if Will Fuller was worth the flex play. I think he's the flex that you put in if you think the other team's better. Like he could get eighty yards and two touchdowns, or two catches for fifteen. Yeah. So if you're going to take the shot, take the shot because Sean Watson has not stopped chucking it to covered receivers downfield. That's the one thing that has continued uh, this year. They're just not making the plays. Yep. Uh, Evan Silva tweeted out, I believe it was Will Fuller's stats with Deshaun Watson as quarterback. Yeah, it was like five games. And it's like absurd. He's he's caught a touchdown every single game at least and has put up at least like 60 or 70 yards. Yeah. And Nick, you shared this while we're speaking of Evan Silva. Uh, Patriots pass rush when facing the Texans. Three sacks, 12 (laughs) quarterback hits. Patriots pass rush when facing the Jaguars. Zero sacks, four QB hits. Fast forward to week two. Titans pass rush when facing the Texans. Four sacks, 10 QB hits. This is hard to read, guys. Uh, Titans pass rush when facing the vaunted Dolphins offensive line. One sack, two QB hits. Like This matchup is, is potentially the two worst offensive lines in football squaring off on Sunday. You're right, Pete. This game is not, this game is shit. I'm so sad. I was so excited at the beginning of the year and just crushed now. Season two of the RB one podcast is just going to be chronicling Clark's descent (laughs) into just sheer hatred. More canned hands. (laughs) I'm so glad we're documenting it. All right, last game in the uh, in the if I'm bored category, we have the Denver Broncos heading to Baltimore to take on the Ravens. Nick starts and sits. Yeah, uh, starts. Manuel Sanders, uh, Tyler Boyd, uh, who plays out of the slot for uh, Cincinnati, torched Baltimore last week. He led the team in receiving with 91 yards. He had a touchdown too, and that was with AJ Green putting on a circus act with his three touchdowns. Um, Sanders also leads the Broncos with 231 receiving yards. The next closest receiver is, uh, Demarius Thomas with 81. Nice. He's 150 yards ahead of the rest of his team in receiving yards. He's unquestionably the number one. He's got 14 out of 15 passes thrown his way. Uh, and Baltimore can't stop the slot. So yeah, fire up Emmanuel Sanders. I would not be surprised if he hits uh, wide receiver one numbers. My sit breaks my heart. It's Alex Collins. I was so high on him coming into the year as an RB1 candidate, but he has not recovered from that uh, first half fumble in week one. And Buck Allen is getting more red zone and goal line work than he is, which is crazy. But I guess, I don't know, time will, time will tell if, if Collins can get the fumbles under control and if they'll, if they will give their, they're, in my opinion, Pro Bowl back uh, a full workload because the guy can do it all. He's a great receiver. He's a great pass protector. He's a great runner. Uh, but with the with the crappy workload, uh, they're splitting carries right down the middle, basically. With that workload and also facing Denver defense, you can't trust him. Yeah, what I'm really interested to see this week is this is the first real defense that both of these teams are facing. And we've had a lot of surprising stars, not Emmanuel Sanders, but Philip Lindsay, mm-hmm. John Brown, who I absolutely love, but who kind of perennially disappoints. So it's going to be super interesting to see these offenses that we like play a real defense for the first time this week. That's a really good point, 
That's a really good point because especially the two guys you brought up, Philip Lindsay and John Brown are both two guys who we've been preaching on this podcast forever. Um, and it's the first time that they're going to be going up against legit or, or decently legit defenses. I like well, these, these defenses are solid. The they're Broncos good. are solid every year. I mean, they're not what they used to be, but that's no. like saying, you know, <laughs> right. They're not the best defense we've seen in five years. Like, well, okay. They're still good. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they got what Chubb and Miller still, <laughs> That does the trick. And Chris yeah. Harris in the slot, they'll, yeah. they'll be fine. Uh, Nick, I thought you were going to. I thought you were going to lock up Emmanuel Sanders this week. No, my lock is still on deck. Ooh, still coming. That's a tease. It's a tease, people, for you at home. Uh, all right, we're halfway done. Let's move on to the uh, games that could be actually good games if uh, if they play out as we maybe possibly expect. And I'm giving an upgrade here to the Indianapolis Colts because they actually have started to look halfway decent. So the Indianapolis Colts against the Super Bowl defending Philadelphia Eagles. Clark, is there anyone from this game that you feel confident in starting? Yeah, this is a silver star matchup Woo! where you start your stars. Start all these turns out. And we may get some second tier, third tier guy production. The Colts have struggled, but they've, for fantasy purposes, kind of helped you. You know, like Naheem Hines, who I've been hyping for forever, got a touchdown last week. Eric Ebron, who like 4% of fantasy football fans thought was going to have a good year, is two games, two touchdowns. Andrew Luck is throwing passes and looking okay. Uh, So you're excited but the big thing we're all watching is Carson Wentz is coming back to this anemic Philadelphia Eagles offense. And so we're wondering, are we going to see the highs that we saw last year in his short but amazing run? Or, uh, worst case scenario, are we going to see a Deshaun Watson-like fall from grace? Uh, my Jennifer Aniston Best Locks in Hollywood Locks of the Week, sponsored by Pantene Pro-V, is Naheem Hines. Who I am predicting will give us 12 plus standard scoring points. Oh my God. Clark is so much better at this than all of us. You're a gem. I decided I was like (laughs) pulling back that curtain for like the hundredth time. I'm just going to keep the curtain off the piano. Let's be honest. Uh, I was in this in the slack this week and Nick asked if we were doing locks, if that was something that we're going to like continually do. And I was like, yes. And I gave everyone shit for not locking last week. I was the only one who locked with Christian McCaffrey. And so clearly Clark is taking it upon himself and every, every game that he's talking about to give a lock and just be like, you know what? Screw you. I'm going to lock every single person that I am talking about and you can suck it. And I appreciate it. I appreciate the commitment. I would love for this to be a rebellious act, but I thought that's what we were doing tonight. So <laughs> I thought we needed a lock for each game. So I have one. That's so, so good. But, but yeah. the best thing about these locks too, is this just, they're perfect descriptions. I, they're brilliant. Uh, I'm Jennifer Aniston. Locks of the of the week might be my favorite so far. According to Google, best hair in Hollywood. I don't doubt that. I mean, the Jennifer Aniston literally established a haircut style in the '90s. The Rachel was a look that everyone emulated, and that was her creation. So I don't argue with the fact that she has the best hair in Hollywood. I love that you looked that up, Clark. Um, so, okay. I got another, would you rather, and maybe, maybe this will be silly. Um, I, there's a team that I'm, I'm sort of, uh, uh, giving advice to it's uh, my girlfriend's team. Um, she really needs a win. Would you rather flex in desperation? Naheem Hines, Tyler Boyd, DD Westbrook, half point PPR. Naeem Hines. I'm so nervous to, to, to suggest that, but yeah, maybe. 
I think Tyler Boyd is a close play as well, but I, I, I just, I think the Colts are starting to warm up to Naheem Hines. I think that they are going to start utilizing him more and more and more. Um, and I just, I would just trust him. Yeah. Tyler Boyd or Naheem Hines. I have committed and I am just <laughs> going to continue to say Naheem Hines is going to break out uh, and give you really solid bottom end RB2 flex value throughout the season. Okay, cool. Perf. Uh, All right, let's move on to the Green Bay Packers against the team from Washington. Nick, uh, who are you starting and sitting in this game? I am starting Chris Thompson. Uh, Green Bay has kind of struggled to defend passes to running backs. Uh, They allowed eight out of nine running back targets to uh, be caught against uh, the Bears with uh, Jordan Howard and Tariq Cohen. In week two, same story. Dalvin Cook caught three of his five for 52 yards. These guys are talented running backs, but Chris Thompson is as good as it gets as an airback. He leads Washington with 21 targets. The next closest is Jordan Reed with 13. He's the, he's the number one receiver, and they use him as an extension of the run game. I am not an Adrian Peterson believer. His, uh, his 11 carries for 20 yards at was a 1.8 yards per carry. Uh, does not instill confidence in me or instill fear as far as Chris Thompson's workload. He did catch three or three passes for 30 yards. Good job. You learned how to catch. Boom. Roasted. Yeah, I think I think Chris Thompson's going to uh, – he's going to go off. Uh, one, because, they, like I said, they struggle to defend the pass to the running back, but also we know Green Bay is going to be up and Washington's going to be playing from behind. And so they're going to – Washington's going to be throwing all day long. My sit, staying on the same side of the ball, Adrian Peterson – Green Bay held Dalvin Cook to 38 yards on the ground. And for all the reasons I just said, Chris Thompson is going to sort of be the feature back this week. I don't think that Adrian Peterson is going to see any sort of meaningful work. Yeah, I agree with all of those points. I think Chris Thompson, I have loved watching him back in the NFL. And I think people have people forgot because he got injured so early last year. People forgot the amount of production that he was giving Washington in the passing game and the amount of fantasy value that he could bring. Yeah, I mean, that that is the most... I like Alex Smith and I feel like he's really underrated and everybody loves bagging on a guy that's like the 12th or 11th best person in the world at what he does. But that Chris Thompson and Jordan Reed are so far ahead of everyone else in receptions. It's like, yeah, they are. It just, it's very Alex Smith. It's like, of course, that's what you're going to get with Alex yeah. Smith is you're going to get the running backs and the tight ends heavily targeted. Yeah. He goes through those efficient passes and it works. He's a smart man. All right, next game in the could be a good game. The Cincinnati Bengals versus the Carolina Panthers. I had thought the Panthers were going to sneak a win against the Falcons, but the Falcons actually turned out uh, and put it up into a game. Clark, uh, what do you like from this game? Well, as the internet is struggling mightily, this is another Silver Star game. Uh, You're going to start your stars and maybe one surprise. So I really like Andy Dalton here. Red Rifle continues to kill it. With A.J. Green, Cam keeps rolling, somehow managing to be a top five QB, even though he's not very good at passing the ball. Uh, But what we've all come to wait for this week is the Netherland Locks, sponsored by the Dutch government Locks of the Week. Mark Walton of the Cincinnati Bengals gains over 100 all-purpose yards for the Bengals this weekend. You're picking him over Dio Bernard to, to be the, the yep. back. Wow, that's surprising. I thought Dio doesn't play very much, and Mark Walton comes out of nowhere. 
All right. Wow. I was all aboard the Geo train. I thought Clark, you would have been joining me. We've yeah, been me we've been the most adamant of the Geo supporters so far, but wow, a shocking turn of events. I love him as a player. I feel like he's injured and is not going to play. So where do you go? Mark Walton is your play, clearly. Not much more needs to be said on this one. So let's move on to the final game of the could be a good game. And I talked about, uh, we mentioned it, excuse me. The New England Patriots heading to Detroit to take on the Matt Patricia-led Lions, which look like a hot mess. Um, My start this week, Sony Michelle, baby. Sony Michelle breakout game. I am calling it. Uh, the Lions have head and shoulders given up the most rushing yards so far this season, and the Patriots love taking advantage of opponents' weaknesses. I think they're going to want to – they started to get Sony Michelle rolling against the Jaguars last year, uh, last week, and I think they're going to want to get the rookie moving forward with confidence, um, and it's such an easy matchup that I think you just roll them out there and, and ball. And in fact, I'm going to pull it. I'm going to do it. I understood the rules that I had created, so I knew that I only needed one lock per game. But I'm locking this game, lock this monster of the week. I don't have a good branding for it yet, but I'll develop something, I'm sure, for next week. Sony Michelle is going to get you 15-plus points this week in fantasy. That's bananas. I love it. It's that. not bananas. It's 100% it going to happen. I, man, I, I want to see how his knee holds up after he got his first real game action, but, I, like, hey, I've invested in the Pats backfield in every single league I'm in. I, I love it. I love the call. Thank you. He's the last man standing. Yeah. Rex, Rex, sexy Rexy has been pretty banged up and really just hasn't looked like it. I think the Patriots and I saw someone, some Patriots beat reporters say this and it's like a shitty thing, but I think it's very true. It's like the Patriots don't really care about the longevity of Sony Michelle's knees. It's like, they're going to want to get, they're going to want to milk the running back for all he's worth. And then, ditch him to the curb which is a terrible thing to do uh but that's how the game is playing i guess to i mean baby like i love narrative street as much as the next guy but the running backs not named james white who are going to get you a solid eight nine points every week are getting hurt left and right of course my right. brilliant call of jeremy hill being the top running back in new england was well yeah, on its way to fruition before he hurt his leg uh, rex berkman or Rex Burkhead. Go he's, he's so bad you don't even know his name. That's, he's yeah. worthless. Don't uh, talk about him like that. Had a concussion, is banged up, and like, yeah, I hate to say I thought he was going to get hurt and he got hurt, but like, but he, did. he is. So Sony Michelle is the guy that they drafted in the first round. Who would be surprised if he ends up with 225 touches? No one. No one would be surprised. This is going to be his breakout game, both through the air and on the ground. Uh, my set for this game, uh, Marvin Jones Jr., all my offseason picks have gone by the wayside. It's tough. I know this is hard for me to say. Uh, the Lions offense has had its struggles, but the one thing that has been abundantly clear is that Kennedy Galladay has become a favorite of Matt Stafford's. He is second on the teams in targets, receptions, and first in yards. And I think Tate and Galladay will both have very big games against the Patriots. I think they will be what moves the offense, but I think that makes uh, Marvin Jones the odd man out. So... I am going to sit Marvin Jones this week. I really loved Marvin Jones, and I have quickly moved off of him. Yeah. I picked up Kenny Galladay in a lot of leagues, and sorry, Marvin Jones. Yeah. I I love Marvin. I love him, but yeah, I think it's uh, Kenny Galladay's time. Whew, a lot of love for you, Marvin. If you want to come on and just be basked, basked with love, 
you're more than welcome to but yeah, please come on the show i mean we 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 do love you uh all right so that wraps up the uh, might be good games and now we're on to the final four games the games of the week the pinnacle the pinnacle the tip of the iceberg or the bottom of the iceberg because both are clearly exceptional one you can see and looks beautiful the other brings down the titanic both big achievements uh We'll start with Clark. We'll start with you. The San Francisco 49ers led by Jimmy Garoppolo facing off against a Kansas City offense that looks amazingly explosive behind Pat Mahomes. So this is a double gold star matchup. You start everybody. Everybody that you have any excuse to possibly try to convince yourself to start, you start. So Mahomes has been absolutely lights out. If you've been paying attention to football, I don't really need to go into that. Everybody that's supposed to have been good for the Chiefs has been good. Maybe Kareem Hunt a little disappointing, but they're putting up huge numbers and scoring a ton of points. They're also giving up the most passing yards in the league. So their opponents are doing just fine moving the ball as well. So I think San Francisco writes themselves this week. And uh, the Russ and Daughters locks of the week. It's a famous New York bagel house, like bagels and like cream cheese and locks. <laughs> Clark Barnes explaining his references is Alfred Morris finally crests 100 yards. Hey, old Alfie talked about him on Tuesday's podcast. What do you, what are you seeing there, Clark? What, what's big is I got, I got a few shares of Alf and I'm terrified. Uh, the chiefs have stopped absolutely no one in any facet of any game so far. And you know, the Niners want to run the ball. So it's just, I think both teams are going to gain 500 yards this week and Alf is going to fall into a hundred. Cool. Uh, he's still he's still leading the team in carries, so he's still going to get. I mean, maybe they'll. I'm sure they'll give a little bit more to Matt Breida after his big game last week. But Alfred Moore's still on the team, still getting plenty of carries in the red zone. He could fall into even 50 yards and falls into two touchdowns, and that's still going to get you plenty of fantasy relevance. Won't say no to that. As amazing as the Kansas City offense has been, the defense has been as bad. Defense has been hot trash. So hot. you play against them. Yeah. yeah. All right, let's move on to the battle for LA, Nicholas. The Chargers taking on the Rams. So do you guys know what uh, where Austin Eckler is right now in the standard scoring running back ranks? Yes, I do know this because on Tuesday's podcast, I talked about him. He's running back nine? Nine. Yeah. He's running back nine. And it's absurd. He's running back four. Yeah, nuts. Okay, so... Uh, my start for, for this game is way to, uh, way to listen to the podcast when you're not a part of it, Nick. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> I had the flu. I um, okay. I'm sorry, Pete. I um, didn't listen to the pod. <laughs> you guys are worthless. Driving down our numbers. <laughs> oh, no. I downloaded it. All right. Well, then just like click it all too. the way through. I did too. <laughs> so, all right. Anyway, uh, Melvin Gordon's a little bit banged up right now. I think he's going to be fine. I mean, he'll be mostly fine. I'm sure he'll still handled the majority of the touches, but Eckler is third on the, the team in receiving yards, and he actually has more rushing yards than Melvin Gordon. Gordon's just got three touchdowns to his one. Um, kind of a, a narrative that I don't think we paid attention to in the week one Rams uh, versus Raiders game is you know Jared Cook was catching passes all over the place, but Jalen Richard, the uh, backup running back, he actually caught nine out of 11 passes for 55 yards. I think the only way that Rivers is going to be able to neutralize the Rams defensive line is to be just quickly throwing dump offs to the running backs. And I think 
with Gordon a little bit banged up, Eckler's going to see a little bit more work. And since he's already running back nine, a little bit more work easily puts him in as, as an RB2. Like, or, well, maybe an RB1. because Legit RB1. Yeah. So I think he's going to see a lot of dump-off passes. And I think that they'll probably still lose. But that would be good for his production. Because um, they're going to be forced to throw more. My sits... I'll slightly contradict myself here. My sit is Philip Rivers. I love him dearly, but uh, this defense is so good. They haven't allowed a passing touchdown, and they're they're uh, fourth in the league in interceptions. I just don't see him uh, retaining his QB one status this week. If if you know if you don't want to drop anybody uh, on your bench to pick up an extra quarterback, okay, I get it. It's Philip Rivers. Maybe this is a guy you roll the dice with, but he's who I would be sitting. Yeah, I literally have in my notes. Do you start Philip Rivers? Because that situation that you just explained, where I don't have another quarterback on my bench and I have Philip Rivers, I was like, oh my god, do I drop someone who I just picked up in order to throw a running back, uh, throw a quarterback on for one week, or do I just roll the dice with Phil Phil Rivers? I think I might just fold the roll the dice with Phil Rivers and hope that the rest of my team can carry the slack. Well, I got lucky in our listener league. I've got Rivers, but uh, Ben Roethlisberger was available. So I think that's going to be a shootout with Tampa Bay. Yeah, and sure. him up. So I understand the concern with Rivers, but the Rams have played uh, the shaky Raiders and the Cardinals. Like, do you even count the Cardinals game? They're not even a football team. That's fair. That's fair. And actually, something that, that does boost the, the matchup is Mark Barron's been out with an ankle injury, and that's definitely going to help uh, Eckler's game. I love the Eckler call. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not arguing against you hard. I don't want to start Rivers, but I'm probably not going to make any moves if I like my roster. Cool. It's fair. It's a good point about the uh, Rams past, past matchups. Uh, speaking of Ben Roethlisberger and his matchup this week, the Pittsburgh Steelers take on the Tampa Bay, the red hot flaming on fire Fitz magic led Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, and speaking of Fitz magic, that's the man that you start this week. The Fitz magic will never die. Uh, the Steelers pass defense has been garbage uh, to start this season. And we just saw another MV Patrick put up six touchdowns against the Steelers last week. So MV Patrick senior, uh, he's got to put up a big week in order to stay in the MVP race. Six. Can I be so bold as to say bench Antonio Brown? Oh, saucy against the garbage Tampa Bay defense. What? What is Peter thinking? Uh, honestly, you'll never do this. It's stupid to do this. But <laughs> everything is not hunky-dory in Pittsburgh uh, with Antonio Brown missing practice on Monday and quasi asking for a trade on Twitter, even if it was a sarcastic retort. He didn't ask for a trade. He challenged some jabroni. I'm just saying things are not things are not great in Pittsburgh. A former PR guy. And my gut kind of tells me that Mike Tomlin, Mike Tomlin is one of these old school coaches. I feel like where it's like, "Mm, you do something to damage the team. We're going to cut you out of the game plan because that's what Mike Tomlin sounds like in my head. Omar Epps is famous for not disciplining his team. There's no way Tomlinson is going to bench antonio brown for more than like he's not gonna bench him i just i kind of feel like i could see tomlin making a point and scripting the game plan to be focused around juju smith schuster and james connor and antonio brown maybe only gets oh eight targets uh five catches for you know 52 yards who says no i say no 
Absolutely. And you said no. You I mean, honestly, no. honestly, I was like, all right. Literally, you start everyone in this game. This game is going to be a shootout, and both offenses are like halfway decent enough to take advantage of the shitty defense that they're facing. Um, but I wanted to be ballsy, and I just in my gut, in my gut, I feel like Antonio Brown might not have a great week after what's been a little bit of a little bit of a little little bit of chaos, a little bit chaos. He's been for like thirty-five yards. Now that I've been so rude on the podcast, for sure, it'd be great. Uh, and then our final game of the week. The game that actually might be the game of the week. The New Orleans Saints take on the Atlanta Falcons for Battle of the NFC South. Nicholas, could this be the matchup? In fact, it has to be the matchup that you are locking something up. Yep. Yep, it is. All right. So uh, my my start is Calvin Ridley. Uh, Whoa! Dan Quinn wanted wanted him more involved, and Sark was like, yeah, okay, I don't think for myself. So I will do that. Um, So he got him more involved. He uh, tied the the, the team lead in yards with 64. He tied with Julio, and he found the end zone. Um, They're playing New Orleans, and now New Orleans doesn't know how to play defense again. Uh, Ridley's less than 38% owned in ESPN and Yahoo Leagues, so I think it's a little bit of a gutsy call. I don't know. You tell me. But uh, it's pretty good. Thank you. Um, instead, I, should, of, I need to stop encouraging you. That's my fault. That's on me. <laughs> I apologize, that listeners. So instead of doing a uh, a sit Antonio Brown type call, I'm going the exact opposite, and I'm doing a second start. This is my lock of the week, and this this I want to invoke something from high school. Had a neighbor I grew up with. We invented a rule when we were playing basketball that you could take. Three-point shots, but uh, uh, if it was a hook shot, if you if you took a three-point shot with a hook, it counted for seven points. This is my sure. seven-point hook shot from behind the three-point line. Alvin Kamara is going to have his highest-scoring week of 2018 this week against Atlanta. Uh, for three consecutive years, the Atlanta Falcons have allowed the most receptions to running back every single year. Uh, last week, Christian McCaffrey caught 14 of 15 passes for 102 yards. Kamara is a better running back with a better quarterback in a better overall offense. He is going to smash lineups in every single league. And yeah, he, he could just win you this matchup by himself. You are absolutely right. (laughs) Alvin Kamara, my number one rated running back who's playing in the league. From my preseason ranks, I just I like the fact that you, you Nick have have justified this as his highest scoring of the highest scoring week for 2018, which means we can't. It's going to take us possibly all year to know whether or not your lock was correct, which is a very smart. It's very strategic of you to be like, you know what? Instead of giving a point count where I could be wrong in a mere 48 hours, I'm going to give myself an entire year where I could sound like a genius until I'm possibly proven wrong. And even then, maybe not. I mean, even for the show, though, I mean, so he could be wrong at any point from three days from now. <laughs> week 16. This yeah. could build some momentum. Like this could, this people could start tuning in and listening more to see, will this be the week that Nick is wrong? This could yeah. be like a Brewster's millions like media bonanza. We need to get a local news team down here. And start videotaping, and we'll make this a whole local story. And it's just, it's going to take off, you guys. 
This is how we get famous. This is how we get the funding to have our meetup where we all just drink. Local man predicts football. Nailed it. <laughs> I already see that plastered across the headlines. Yeah. Perfect. Good. That's great. Thanks, well, there you guys. go. There's your week three preview. I, I honestly don't know what more you could have wanted from a week three preview. Talking about local news, Jennifer Aniston's hairs, the Loch Ness Monster. I mean, uh, what more do you need to get ready for football? Nothing. Make sure to subscribe and uh, follow us. Subscribe on iTunes and Stitcher. Rate, review, leave five stars because you love us. Uh, follow us on Twitter at RB1 Podcast. Follow myself at Pete M. Rogers. Follow Clark at NFL Clark. Follow Nick at Ginger underscore underscore Nick without a K. No K. If you put K in there, you will not find Nick. You will find some other guy who's also a ginger, also named Nick, but not this Nick. Um, we will be back at you guys next week. Enjoy week three. Um, we will keep track of all seven of Clark's locks to see how he does. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully they all pan out, which will be just a sheer feat of magnificence uh, that I can't even argue against. And uh, until then, uh, peace. Look out there.